Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. Well, today we are starting uh, a very important sermon series that is not just important to me. I believe it's very important to the entire body. I believe it's very important to all of us as, uh, as a fellowship, as a church, Freedom Life Church, but also I believe it's very important for the church in general as followers of Jesus. And uh, it, this morning's sermon series that I'm kicking off is, is something that's not been, um, it's not been done by just me sitting at my desk thinking up a great idea. This is actually something that was birthed, uh, that God had given me, but then it's something that I brought to our leadership team, and we've been actually mulling over for many, many weeks now. It's probably been six, five, six weeks, something like that, that we've been walking through together, um, John 15. And it's a, the sermon series is entitled Abide, Pursuing the Power and the Presence. Everybody say Abide. See, I want to open this message with this talk about abide, and, and what I want to do is I want to talk about the passage that we'll be walking through for the next several weeks, touching on throughout the whole year. And uh, the most difficult passages in Scripture, how many of you, uh, a show of hands, how many of you have ever read something in the Bible and you said, uh, what? Ready? Okay. Then if you've, if you've not read something in the Bible and went, you probably haven't read enough of it. Because it's not too long after you start reading that you'll read something and then they'll go, uh, what did that mean? Why did Jesus do that? You ever, said, you ever read a story of something Jesus did and you were like, why did he do that? Like, why did he spit in his hands and... I want to see Jesus, but can you not do spit? <laughs> like, I'm, don't get me wrong. Like, I appreciated Jesus. I really, I really do. Well, why'd you guys do the saliva thing? Like, why? You ever read a scripture and said, you know, I could do, I could do with a lot of scripture, but that one is difficult to process. And so I want to tackle one of those passages. Can we do that? And actually, we're going to unpack that in a, in a very powerful way this morning. So would you do something with me for a moment? Would you pray with me for a moment? Father, I'm asking you right now that in this moment, as I unleash this passage to these people, your people, that they would hear from heaven what it is you want to say to them. And Lord, give me the wisdom to unpack it properly so they can hear what the Spirit says to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you would, the most difficult passages in Scripture, sometimes we could read them and then go, uh, uh, 
I'll deal with that another day. And you keep reading. Like such and such begat such and such. You're like, wait, do I have to read all the begats? Okay, moment of truth. How many ever skipped the begats? Be honest, the Lord is watching. I'm going to ask that again because this is your chance for redemption. How many of you have ever skipped the begats? Let's be honest. There's a camera on you right now, and we are finding who you are. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm sorry. No, I've done it. I've done it. I'll be honest with you. I've done it. I said, begat, begat, begat. I beget it. I know, right? Perfect. But this passage, John chapter 15, is where we get the abide from. And I want us to go there together. Can we go there? John chapter 15, verses 1 and following. I need us to understand something, that this backdrop here is going to mean a lot more as the weeks go on. You'll see it a lot more. And you see that we have already branches that have begun to to blossom here. And I need us to understand something that God has called us to do more than just think about becoming, but to actually become and be everything he called us to become. I'll explain that in a moment. But John chapter 15, he says this, beginning in verse 1, and I'm just going to read the first two verses, and I'm going to deal with that for a moment. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, let's stop for a moment. (laughs) Uh, Does anybody know what the word prunes means? It means to what? To cut, right? So let me get this straight. Something very, very wrong is happening right now, according to this passage. So he says this, um, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Right? And how do you take away? Well, he rips it, cuts it. Well, he cuts it and takes it away. But everyone that does bear fruit, then... Leaves it alone? No. I would have been okay with that part. But instead, what he does is he he prunes it and he cuts it. But he explains immediately why. That it may bear much fruit. Now, humans are understandably connected to each other when there's a similar pain, or similar situation that takes place. Take, for instance, MAD, M-A-D-D, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. How many ever heard of that, right? And so what, what usually happens, these Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they, they, they've, uh, a bunch of them had a situation that occurred in their lives that, honestly, they probably didn't plan for, right? Nobody plans for that. Nobody plans to lose a child to drunk driving. But somewhere along the line, a mother lost a child to drunk driving, and then another mother lost a child to 
drunk driving and then somewhere another mother lost a child to drunk driving and somebody decided along the line, I want to help mothers that feel like I felt. One of those mothers, somebody came along and said, I want to help or I want nobody else to feel what I'm feeling or I want to help those that are feeling a certain way. So in some way, shape or form, there's a similarity and these these, these mothers got together and they decided to form this. And so what happens is that we often identify with one another through pain. Now, we identify in two different ways, pursuit and pain. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. We follow each other through pursuit or follow together with other people through similar pursuits or similar pain. So if, if, I, if I like fly fishing uh, and I find somebody that likes fly fishing, all of a sudden we're going to have something to talk about. Newsflash, I'm not a fly fisher. <laughs> but you knew that probably. If you like a sport or you like a, a different type of thing, whatever that looks like to you, when you find somebody that likes it, especially the more obscure things. Like yesterday, I heard of a gentleman. I was, I was away yesterday speaking somewhere, and, and the gentleman gets up and he's speaking, and he goes, I love motocross. I absolutely love motocross. And I'm going, what is motocross? I know it has to do with motorcycles. I'm not dumb. I get it. Motor, you, but you follow like, I, that's not going to be somewhere I'm going to sit around and go and motocross. That's exciting. Because it's not a similar thing that we can draw from. But if, if it's something that I did have a similar love for or something that we liked, then we can have something we would talk about. So we identify with each other through similar things, right? But we also identify through pain. So what are the two things I just told you? The two things we identify through what? What is it? Pursuit and what? Pain. So pursuit, similar pursuits, things that we like, and then similar pains, which is my initial example. I've been through something. You've been through something. How do we process this? So these individuals gather to make sense of the pain, the why, and the agony that comes with it. Now, I can understand suffering when there's a bad choice and then having to suffer the consequences for that. For example... If you run out of gas and you knew, you looked at your gas, come on, somebody, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, listen, some of you, this may dredge up something weird right now, but if you looked at your, your tank and you saw it, you're like, oh, I got plenty of time. And now you're on the side of a highway like, man, I thought I had plenty of time. Would you say that that's a consequence that, Hey, you pretty much asked for it. You passed four different gas stations. You could have stopped, right? 
That's understandable, right? We could look at that and go, I can understand why consequences, you know, there it is, right? Or eating the wrong foods at the wrong time and paying the price later. Come on, somebody. Right? I really shouldn't, but mmm. Right? And then later you're like, oh. But then you got to outweigh the consequences of, oh, was it worth it? But you can look at the consequences and it's your decision to weigh that out, right? Or blowing a certain amount of cash that you thought was extra and then all of a sudden you forgot there's a bill that was due or something was due or something was, uh, you could have used it elsewhere and you're like, oh man, consequences. Everybody say consequences. Now this is not what we're talking about today. When we're talking about how the, the, the... the branches and the vine, and, G- and Jesus is saying, if you're not bearing fruit, I'll cut you. And if you're bearing fruit, I'll cut you. That's more like Jesus than Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Puerto Rican joke. It's okay, I can say it. I'm Puerto Rican. You can laugh too. It's all right. I granted thou permission. But see, when we look at a situation like the vine, when we look at the situation like the branches, we look at that and we go, I can understand that he cut it if it wasn't bearing fruit, but now it's bearing fruit and he still cut it. Why would God choose pain for me? Why would God cut something in my life that caused me pain I didn't do anything. I give, I serve, I love, I honor, I'm faithful, and this, this is what I get? Are you seeing where the wrestling takes place here? Because what in essence John is introducing to us is an outlook of growth That while we did nothing wrong, we did everything right, he cuts it because we did it right. And that, my friends, is a problem. That, my friends, is is very difficult to process. Are you with me? It's a tough passage to look at if you look at it at a certain angle. Now, church, it's a lot easier to understand if we're cut by God because we're not bearing fruit, but because we are bearing fruit, that's where the issue lies. And I'm afraid that a lot of people have not stuck with God because they never understood this. Not this passage. Like, people are not walking around quoting John 15 saying, I'm not going to church ever again because of, you know why? Because of John 15. I read John 15 one day, and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, Jesus, that's not what I'm going to live for. And I left the church. Like, nobody's quoting John 15, leaving the church because of this passage. But there are people that never read this passage that are going, I don't get it. Why did I lose my baby? 
I don't get it. Why did he have to die? I don't get it. Why did I lose my mom? Why did I lose my dad? I don't get it. I don't get it. I was doing everything right. You still cut me. I think about times in my life when I was doing it right and I was cut. I wasn't even cut by the world. I was cut by God. And I insisted, God, there's got to be something I did wrong. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you did nothing wrong. We read it. Blind, the man that was born blind. Why? What did he do? What did his parents do that he was born this way? And Jesus said, why? This didn't happen because of anything he or his parents did. This happened so that the the Son of God and the power of God may be displayed in his life. You cut me for me? I thought you were angry at me. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost a loved one. Now, let me make this really clear. God is not responsible for all death. I want to make this super crystal clear. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying all death is God's fault. I am saying that sometimes we don't do anything wrong for something wrong to happen or at least feel that way. I can't wrap my mind around why God would initiate suffering when we're doing the right things. But this is where revelation took place for me. Are you ready? What we must look at in this passage is not that pruning is the end result, but instead it's the beginning. Pruning isn't the end. It's the beginning. We look at pruning like, God, you ended me. You ended that. You ended that chapter of my life. What God is saying is pruning is not the end of you. It's the beginning of real progress in your life. I want fruit out of that. Now, that doesn't mean that he would take someone just to, because a lot of people look at it like God took somebody from my life to make me better. Sometimes life was going to deal with, with a certain way, and God decided to prune this area of your life so that you would bear fruit. Now listen, pruning is not the ending of pain, but the beginning of promise. He didn't cut so that you would have pain. He doesn't operate like us. We operate and we reflect out of pain. We react out of pain. We react out of pityness. We react out of pettiness. But I'm going to tell you right now that the promise and the power of God was intended from the beginning. It was affected by the fall. How many realize something happened in the garden that affects how we grow? 
I'm convinced in this, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but we wouldn't have gatherings like this if it wasn't for the fall. You realize that? Think about it for a moment. We wouldn't have church services. I need the media team to follow me for a moment. Maybe bring the house lights up because I want to come down for a moment. You know, we could look at life and we can look at everything that happens around us and we always want to put it in the lens of our own situation. If it wasn't for the fall, we wouldn't have gatherings like this because we would always be worshiping. We would always be praying. We would do what the New Testament is trying to teach us to do now. Pray without ceasing. Worship the Lord. Follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We would do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what would happen. But because of the fall, because of the cutting, because of the things that took place, now we have to come here to heal, to heal each other, to hear each other, to help each other, so that when we go out there, we could heal them, help them, and hear them as well. Are you following what I'm saying to you today? That is very, very easy to be so self-centered that we think for a moment, what's happening to me is just about me. So what I learned was that there are two purposes for pruning, and I'll share this with you real quick. Number one is to change you, and the other is to train you. God would allow pruning in your life to change you. So when he, when he sees fruit coming out of that, and he'll prune it, and so what he'll do is he'll prune it to change you to bear more fruit, but also to train you to move in the right direction. This is growing the wrong way. We're going to prune this right here because if it goes too far, it's going to die. It's not going to happen. And so he'll train you. And there's areas in your life that if you continue to go that direction, you will die. And so he'll change directions on you. He'll prune you to change your direction, to train you to go the right way. So I remember one of the things that when we, when we got our property, we started planting some trees. And, and most of them didn't make it because the soil out back was very different than the soil out front of our house. And so I was trying to figure out why my wife and I were talking about it. We put all the different things and the soil wasn't good. But then the ones out front, they were still, they were blossoming. And, and what I didn't learn early was if you want a tree to grow a certain way, you got to cut it in a way that it will grow in that direction. If you want branches out of the root, you know, you could, if you don't, you got to cut them early. Are you hearing me? You got to cut it early so that it doesn't grow out, so it grows the way it's supposed to grow. So I was, in essence, altering its direction, so I was training it to go a certain way. And there are times that God prunes us to help us and train us to go in the right direction. God isn't pruning you because he's mad at you. God isn't petty like men. He wouldn't die on the cross for you and then simultaneously hold the grudge. 
He's not petty like us. He's not like, I'm going to die for you, but you remember what I did. Because this is going to hurt. Like, we think like that God is doing that. Like, God is like, I'm mad at you, but, you know, I'm just going to die for you and stuff. Remember me. Like, God's not petty like that. You know what he's saying? I love you. I'm going to die for you so I can shape you so you can be everything my father wanted you to be. Sometimes it's a little painful. He doesn't prune for pain. He prunes for purpose. God doesn't prune anything that he doesn't see potential for growth. You with me? Already, verse 3, let's look at verse 3. Who's with me already? Who's with me? Verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. And the key verse of everything that we're doing, the series, the theme is found in verse 4. And this is it. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you, why, why is it burned? Because it's dried up. You don't put wet branches into a fire to keep it going. You put dry branches in, and that keeps that fire stirring, right? You'll notice a very quick difference if you throw wet wood into a fire and dry wood into a fire. You'll notice very differently. They both react very differently. So, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. We'll stop there for a moment. Abide in my love. Abide. So you see this phrase here, abide, is what's called an active voice. Everybody say active voice. Active voice. That what, what that tells us is that when our Lord Jesus Christ says abide in me, it comes from the sense of continuing the action. Are you with me? Continuing the action. That doesn't mean come and abide for two hours on Sunday and then you do whatever you want the rest of the week. Abide in me means I'm going to gather on Sunday, but every day of the week I'm praying throughout the day. Did you know that you could pray without ceasing and not look like a crazy person? Some of y'all think that like pray without ceasing means I got to be um, like I'm going from altar to altar. Like I'm like, like I spend my life going like, oh, I got I to gotta go take this paper to the office over there. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for this person and that person. Here's that paper. And then you go on to the next place, and I pray for uh, the youth ministry and the worship team. And people at the job are like, dude, you're weird. 
Like the people see pray without ceasing. Jason, stop it. You see people are like, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? You know what that means? That when I get a thought of somebody that may mean I want to pray right that moment, Lord, I pray for that person right now. Sometimes I'm driving down the street and I'm thinking about somebody, I, I just pray for them. Or I'll just grab my phone and I'll be like, send a text to such and such. Hey, I just thought about you praying for you. I hope you're doing well. Send, yes. Siri's like, ding, ding, okay. I'm like, finally. Somebody will do that, what I said. This is awesome. <laughs> Abide in me, active voice. It's an active voice. Not a one-shot deal. Abiding in Christ is not a one-shot deal. So... The life of a Christian is not professing faith in one shot deal. So watch this real quick, real quick. Let me just shoot through this. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of time here, but uh, here's the thought. The life of a Christian is not just professing faith in a one shot prayer deal. The Christian life is continuing in Christ and being used daily. Abiding is a daily action. So there are three particular parts, and I'm gonna, we're going to share that with you here on the screen. The first role, there's three different roles that are introduced in this passage. Number one is the vine dresser, vine dresser. That's our father God. He's the vine dresser. And the vine dressers are uh, the agricultural specialists who oversee the propagation, the planting, the pruning. They care for the grapevines in the vineyard. The vine dressers, they care. Their goal is to optimize the quality. Watch this. This is where it's interesting because I got this from an agricultural site, not a biblical anything. This is an agricultural site. I wanted to find out more about this because um, I know so much about vines, but I wanted to get some other source. What's, what's interesting is that the way they define the vine dresser at the end of this description really caught my eye. Watch what it says here. It says this, the goal of the vine dresser is to optimize the quality and abundance of grapes used in wine and food products. So the vine dresser's job is to get as much from this as possible. So they're not thinking about they're not thinking about how it might affect this, this, this lattice. It's not, they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about this and what it can bring to the table. So right now we're looking. We have no fruit. We're just starting the series. And, and so we, we, we're looking at the, at the branches, and we're looking at some of the vines here that actually is just part of the branch, really. And so we're looking at this, and we're, we're saying, okay, so the vine dresser is the one that cares for it, Right, And then it says, then there's the vine, which the vine is the main vine that sends the nutrients from the root of the plant to the branches, right? And which then that allows the branches to thrive and bear fruit. Now watch this. The vine is often, and what we understand even through a wonderful book that we as a staff are walking through called Secrets of the Vine. Of the Vine. Okay, so if you want to pick that book up, it's a little book. You can read it in a couple of hours by Bruce Wilkinson. Fantastic book. We're walking through it as a staff right now. 
okay? Secrets of the vine. And what we found out is that some things about the vine, it's interesting, and, and, and I'm not sure it was in our discussion, but the trunk of the tree, the trunk of, of, of where it comes from, it, that, that root, like that's where it's coming from. Like that's where the nutrients are coming from. We're just seeing the fruit here, but it's not, source is not here. It's elsewhere. The source is the vine. You follow? This is the fruit. The fruit will be here, but, the vine, but where it's coming from is somewhere else. And that vine is Jesus Christ. Then we have the branches. The branches are, guess who? You and me. The branches are the outgrowth of the vine that is completely reliant upon it staying connected and the source. So watch this. The works that we do, if they're not connected to the source, we die. Why is this world falling apart as we speak? Because the world has said, I will source myself. Thank you very much. I will do it myself. And don't you tell me how to run my life. Don't you dare tell me what I need to do because I have my own, say with me, truth. My own faith. And can I tell you something? You can't create what's already been created and think it's going to source you. God is saying, I am the source of life. If you think you can create an alternative source, you are highly mistaken. Who's with me? So watch this. Uh, allow me for a moment because we cannot look at verse 4 where, where it talks about abide and not look at what the original word is. The word abide is the Greek word minyo which means to dwell with, also found in 1 John 2.19, which also means the word continue. So the word abide means to dwell with or continue. Interesting, right? Because what we look at abide, what we say, I want to continue in the presence of God, we usually do something like this. Um, I want to continue in the presence of God until Pastor Tony, we're approaching that time. I got lunch in the crock pot. Land the plane, Pastor Tony, and tell me what I need to do right because I've been wrong. I'll give it to you. I'm messed up, Pastor Tony. You right. I'm messed up. Tell me how I can be unmessed up, and then we can continue to move on. But it's not that simple. Can I tell you something? My desire is not that you walk in here and go, man, I'm so messed up. Like, that's not my goal, right? Brock, I mean, that's, I hope that's not the case. Like, I hope we don't walk in here going, I can't see what Pastor Tony's going to tell me I'm wrong about today. <laughs> so excited to be here. Thank you. Like, that's not the goal. It's never been the goal. I never, ever go into a study saying, how can I get them this week? <laughs> what? Kind of twisted. That's never the goal. The goal is to say, how can I be one step closer to Jesus today? I'm not, listen, I'm never going to ask you to compare your life to her. 
I'm never going to ask you to compare your life to him. Because the only person you should be better than is the person you were yesterday. So what I'm saying to you today is simply this. There's two thoughts, and I'll say it like this. It's kind of like a math formula. Let's say it like this. Let's show up that math formula for a moment. Us plus us, zero. Us plus Christ, in the Greek, is Christo. Us plus Christ equals fruit. See, when you and you get together, You are sourcing yourself and no fruit because you are plugging into your own self. You ever took an extension cord and plugged it into itself? How much power did you have? Jason, I'm not an electrician, but would you please tell me if you took an extension cord and you plugged it into itself, That's us plus us. Is it working for you? (laughs) I'm hearing this for the first time myself. It's okay. (laughs) But when we plug in and we keep ourselves attached to the vine, Every bit of life that comes from him comes to us. He says, I'm the way. I'm the way. The truth. Because truth doesn't change. I'm the way, the truth, and I am the life. You stay connected to him long enough, you can't help but bear fruit. But the key to bearing fruit is abiding. Anything that disconnects is no longer attached and no longer sourced. But the longer you hang in there, the longer you hang in there, the more fruit develops. So when he says abide, he's not abide, he's not asking you to abide for his sake. He's He's telling you to abide for your sake so that you would bear fruit and you would be everything he needs you to become. You with me? Us plus us, zero. Us plus Christ, fruit. So he says, abide in me. And if your life consistently bears no fruit, God will love you enough to intercede and intervene. And trust me, when you hurt, he hurts. But the hurt has a purpose. And purpose sometimes has pain attached to it. But if he lets you stay the way, the course, you will die and wither. And everything that's attached to you will die as well. Because no doubt... 
we have this string right here. If this right here is not doing well and I cut it, all of this is affected. It will end here and that's what it ends. When, when there are times that God is cutting and pruning, he's pruning you to grow you. That's where growing pains come from. When it comes to the vineyard, these are growing pains. So principles of the vine are simple. God is the source of all discipline. God disciplines those he loves. Are you getting that? You don't believe it? Look at Deuteronomy 8.5. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. God disciplines and he does it for believers in acts of love. And the last verse I want to read to you before we pray is simply this. And you have forgotten, Hebrews chapter 12, and you have forgotten that the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone uh, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. He didn't cut you for pain. He cut you for purpose. Why? Because he desires for you to abide. And if we stick around long enough and stay attached to him, we will soon find fruit growing in our lives. Pastor Tony, I didn't think I'd ever grow through this. When I first heard I had to go through this, I didn't realize I was going to grow through this. Listen, if we start realizing that the pruning is not the end, it's the beginning, and the pruning is not to cause death, it's to bring life. When we start realizing that the pruning is not so that God will judge you, but that God would repurpose you to redirect you to recalibrate you pruning is God's love for you that's the purpose of pruning bow your heads with me for just a moment Father, I'm not going to lie, this was a tough passage. But I am so grateful that you love me enough to cut things out of my life. Thank you that you didn't cut love out of me. Thank you that you didn't cut me out of hate or disgust frustration but that you pruned me so I can be better it doesn't always feel good God and sometimes life deals a bad card but you you find a way to work all things for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose and for that I am grateful bless my brothers and my sisters today that they may find hope in you, purpose in the pruning, 
and maybe even purpose through the pain. We love you, and we're thankful that today you are our God, and we are your children. Today, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts right now that displeases you, my prayer is reveal it to us so we would be more like you. We want to give it to you. We want to cut it out of our lives so we can bear fruit. But thank you for being the vine dresser and looking out for us. Help us to process all the the things that we go through in life through your lens, not our own. Because pain has and causes us to see things so differently than you intended. So I ask you today, let this be not just part one of a wonderful series, but part one of realizing that I need to abide and bear fruit. That's my goal. To abide in you and to bear much fruit. In Jesus' name.